So this time of year, when I'm at the tree farm and people are coming to buy trees, I see a lot of people that I only see once a year. And because they only see me once a year, we have a lot of conversations about what I used to do that aren't up to date because what I do with the rest of my year when I'm not at the tree farm has changed year over year over year. And I guess it's starting to stabilize, but for many of these people, they knew me back when I had different jobs, very different jobs. And <clears throat> it means that I have a reminder of how, <clears throat> excuse me, how different my life used to be and how many other things I've tried over the years. Because it's easy to forget unless somebody comes up and says, hey, you still doing that thing? And that might happen, you know, once or twice a year to the average person. But during this time of year, for me, it happens four or five times a weekend over the course of a bunch of weekends. So it's a lot. And it puts me in that frame of mind. And one of the things that makes me realize is how without even necessarily understanding that that was what I was doing at the time, I naturally followed this pattern of trying a lot of stuff, putting myself out there in a lot of different ways, willing to do any sort of thing. And then over time, some stuff worked, some stuff didn't, some stuff I decided I didn't want to do, other stuff I did want to do, and it naturally winnowed down. In many ways, this is like thinning seedlings, something I've been thinking about because I'm reading this fantastic book that I mentioned before uh, called Gardening When It Counts by Steve Solomon. And he's a master, master gardener. And so even though I have long experience gardening, I'm still learning things. And one of the things I'm learning is just how much he recommends thinning things down. Um, which I know, but it's hard, to, it's hard to do when you're gardening. It's hard to be as ruthless as really would benefit things. <clears throat> and then you end up with a lot of tiny vegetables instead of uh, one giant plant that produces as much as the five you were going to leave in its place. And I think thinning is a great metaphor for this way of approaching life. Even if you don't work for yourself, it's still a way of approaching every other part of your life, which is <clears throat> you plant a lot more seeds than you intend to keep. Right? Whether that's trying new hobbies, trying new business ventures, starting new relationships, you start more than you intend to keep or than you think you will need. And then over time, you drop the ones that aren't working. Whether it's not working for you or whether it just didn't happen, you end up with the smaller number of things that actually is working out.
And I think our narrative about success is messed up in that instead of focusing on that, of trying a million things all at once and seeing what sticks, we instead focus on either the serial trier, right, who starts a business, fails, you start another business, it fails, you start another business, it fails, finally you start a business that works, right? But sequentially. Or the person who's so passionate about something that he only can do one thing and can only focus on being that thing, right? And just sticks with it and sticks with it and sticks with it until it works. The problem is neither of those two narratives has a good chance of success because you just can't know what's going to work out and you just can't know what you're going to actually like on a day-to-day basis. There are many things that I've tried, some of which didn't work out for exterior reasons, some of which didn't work out for interior reasons. That when I thought about it, daydreamed about it, I thought, sure, that would be a good life. And then I either tried to do it and it didn't pan out, or I tried to do it and I didn't like it. And the fact that I had a lot of irons in the fire meant that I could thin those things out and pivot towards the things that were working. And it wasn't just clinging to it because it was the only thing I had going. When you only allow yourself to have one or two things and they don't work out, it gives you a crisis. Either the crisis is, what's wrong with me that the world doesn't want this thing that I really want to do? Or the crisis is, what's wrong with me that I don't want to do this thing that the world is saying it wants, but it doesn't, doesn't feed me? You can sidestep both of those crises by just starting more things at the same time. At one point, a couple years back, I had a funny conversation with Cynthia Main, uh, the broom maker who makes the uh, broom corn polishers for me, where we compared how many irons we had in the fire at that point in time. (laughs) It was, I think each of us had at least a dozen. And I would say as you continue through life, even when you have things that are working out, it still behooves you to start a bunch of things, to continue to have new irons that are coming into the fire. Because you don't know when you're going to want to pivot to something. You don't know when there's going to be a pandemic that comes along that makes it so that your current business model is untenable. You don't know when... You're going to have some health crisis that makes it impossible for you to do the thing you had been doing. And you want to have the seeds started. Because it's a heck of a lot easier to choose among various seeds, to choose the most vital and thriving ones, than it is to lose whatever it is you're doing, and have to think of, okay, what seeds do I want to plant? And then feel like each one is totally precious. Because all of a sudden you've got a blank page staring at you. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, that's nice, Emmett. Hey, Willa. Willa. Leave the squirrel alone. Let's go. Maisie, come on. If you're listening to this, Willa, come on. Let's go. (laughs) 
And you're thinking, that's nice, Emmett, but uh, I know what I want to do. It's spoon carving, and that's, you know, I see you doing it, and that's that's what I want to do with my life, and you seem like you have such a, you know, you've made it work. How do you make it work? Well, I can tell you how I've made it work, and I do, but <clears throat> the things that worked out for me are not going to be the things that worked out for you. And to some extent, I can point out the broader pictures, the broader strokes of what I did, but by and large, it's a combination of timing and that customer showing up at the right time to keep you going when you were questioning whether it was even worth it. Hey, Willa, come on. Oh, good girl. And any number of other things. And so the very best advice I can give you, the advice that gives you, has you the, has the strongest possibility of you reaching your own place that is equivalent to where I am, where you are doing something that you love for a living and it's working out and it's largely under your control, is this. Plant a lot of seeds and then thin them. And be flexible about what seeds might work out. Not to say plant seeds that you aren't interested in, but <clears throat> sometimes you're going to try stuff and then you're going to realize it's just not for you. I tried teaching at craft schools. I thought I was going to do the whole Jared Dahl jet-setting around to different craft schools teaching high-profile workshops. And I could have. But I tried it. And I realized that it sucked for my family. And it sucked for me because I missed my family. And I didn't want to go down that path. So I didn't. And thankfully, I had enough seedlings that I could thin that one out and pivot to the one that felt like it was a better fit for me. And that was teaching at home. And so I did that for a while. And that was going great. And people were flying in from all over the country instead of me flying to them. And it was awesome. And then the pandemic hit. And I thinned that seedling. And I pivoted entirely to carving spoons and making blanks for people but I had the new iron in the fire of the Spoon Club. And so that started flourishing right as teaching fell away. And so you can see that <clears throat> it's always having options that is what matters. It's having options because you don't know what life is gonna throw at you. And as much as you think you might know yourself, you don't really know how you'll respond to being into something or not until you try it. And so the best thing you can do is to give yourself as much wiggle room to change and grow in unexpected ways as you possibly can. Thank you for listening, guys. Talk tomorrow.